0: With stories and analysis from a vegan perspective, this is The Vegan Option.
1: We're starting at the beginning, when people first try the vegan option. We follow a gay couple and a young mother, and the volunteers who support them to go vegan for a month.
0: Why do people go vegan? What makes them stay vegan when they make the commitment? And what does that mean? London vegan campaigns have shared their data on over 100 participants over the last three years, and I'll be applying my scientific expertise as a psychologist to answer those questions.
1: I'm Ian McDonald,
0: And I'm Diana santos Fleischmann
1: And this is The Vegan Option. March 2011, a score of volunteers spent many hours and thousands of pounds to support nearly 70 people to try to go vegan for a month. I talked to pledges and volunteers.
2: I'm Cliff, this is Brian. We've um, been in relationship for um, 34 years. Is it? About 34 years. Um, and never taken any great interest in um, what we eat, apart from making sure it was a healthy diet, but uh, never any great interest in being vegetarian, until relatively recently. So I haven't eaten (coughs) red meat for about three years, I haven't eaten chicken for about a year, and I haven't eaten fish for the last few months, so I'm embarking upon a vegan lifestyle and enjoying the challenges very much.
0: But uh, this is actually an international thing. Uh, it happens in, a, in the States as well as in the UK. Uh, Gary Francione interviewed uh, Leila Fussfeld of the Peace Advocacy Network, who runs it in Philadelphia. And then also there's another vegan pledge that's run in uh, Baltimore by Open the Cages Alliance.
1: And the subjects of the Queen also run one on the other side of the world, Animal Liberation in Victoria in Australia, run the 30-day Easy Vegan Challenge. But the one I went to is one of the original ones. One Easy of the big- Challenge, huh? The vegan easy, uh, the vegan easy challenge. No, I just
0: think it's funny to say something as easy and a challenge. I find that a bit funny.
1: Okay, the London Vegan Campaign's pledge is one of the originals and one of the biggest. They hold a big meeting at the start and the end of the month. They've got a medic, they've got a dietician, and mentors to support pledges in between. So let's go to our second family, uh, Ananti and her daughters, whom you can hear hear her playing and occasionally breathing very
3: very close to the microphone Um, (coughs) I'm a teacher um, at a secondary school in Orpington
1: you know South London
3: South London yes I've been having uh, problems digestive system problems for a little while now for about six months to a year and I've tried a lot of other things I'm already vegetarian so the next the next thing was right let me start cutting things out and it made sense to cut out dairy and then i saw this in a magazine so i thought okay well i'll try that and um, because you've got the help and the support here that
1: was the perfect opportunity to give it a go in terms of the ethical arguments what do you think of those
3: i've taken board you know like the, the issues and the problems and me personally i think for me personally it's slightly different from what I would insist on, what other people did, um, at the moment, and I think always, I'm, I'm very much for if, if you know, like you, if you believe in it, then you do it. But so if somebody if somebody said to me you know like all I do is eat meat, I'm like okay fine, but then that's up to you and your conscience to live with that. For me, that's that doesn't sit very well, basically. So I mean we don't. I've never eaten meat and the children are all brought up vegetarian anyway and pretty much everybody who I've been with ex-boyfriends and partners, husbands, you know um, they've all become vegetarian because they can see
0: that actually they don't need to eat lots of meat, they can live on a vegetarian diet So we've got two different approaches to veganism that we heard in these clips here. So there's Brian and Cliff, who are interested in the ethics, and Ananti, who is interested in mostly uh, health. So uh, I have some uh, data that the Vegan Pledge were kind enough to uh, give to us each year. Um, The vegan pledge uh, brings people in and they assign them a mentor. And they also give them questionnaires at the beginning of the pledge, asking them about reasons that they might be interested in going vegan. And then at the end of the pledge, at the end of the 30 days, if they come to that meeting, they give them another questionnaire. And then they ask them about uh, how the pledge went, what challenges they had, etc. And... Uh, We have data from 2009, 2010 and 2011. And something worth mentioning is that the Vegan Pledge has increased every year. So around 30 people in 2008, 60 in 2009, 90 in 2010. And this year they had a waiting list because there were over 100 people uh, wanting to do the Vegan Pledge. So what are
1: the challenges of going vegan? Um, I asked our pledgers what they were expecting.
4: Balancing the nutritional side of things, getting that right. Um, being able to shop, that's a big
2: challenge. You get in um, the situation where, you know, maybe at work a plate of biscuits appear and I won't be able to have one because they won't be vegan. So it's just making sure that I'm alre- always repaired and I've got something available.
3: Oh, butter. <laughs> butter is going to be a huge challenge. Um, because we have butter, I think, in everything. and when we cook or steam vegetables, we often put a bit of butter on the top and, you know, things like that. Um, I don't tend to use a lot of ghee unless it's just the garnishing at the end. So things like that I've started leaving out anyway. So over the past two, three weeks, I've started leaving bits out just to see if anybody notices,
4: really. If they notice?
3: No. (laughs) Which is why I think it shouldn't be that difficult with a lot of dishes that I already make. but as I said, there's, there's the odd thing where I need to find another alternative because they love having pancakes. Um, so I've made it without eggs and I was finding
0: a suitable soya milk type alternative for the milk that they will be happy with. We asked people to talk a little bit about their experiences when they first went vegan and what challenges they faced on our blog at the veganoption.org. So I'm going to select a couple of excerpts. Uh, one is from Eric Clark, who was one of the first vegans I actually met in uh, Texas when I first went vegan. So uh, Eric says, I wasn't really vegan for the first month I was vegan. It took me a while to learn what animal ingredients to look for in the labels of things or to ask about in restaurants. I think it took me a few months to really get over the learning curve. And... Uh, he also says that during the first few months when he uh, was trying to be vegan, he accidentally ate a couple things that weren't. And he said he just didn't get too upset. He just figured that this was all going to be a learning process, which I totally agree with. Uh, Monkey from the UK says, I went vegan over 30 years ago. Over a period of a year, I went from veggie to vegan. So there wasn't a real singular time. It was gradual. And uh, what Dadata Monkey says is that there were virtually no supermarket foods and the Internet was in its infancy. So I had to learn to cook. Luckily, I studied biology and learned all about what nutrients I needed and how to get them. Maybe that's why I've lasted so long. I faced doctors, teachers, etc. telling me it wasn't safe. Well, they were certainly wrong. So you see the difference in what it was like for vegans who have gone vegan recently and vegans who went vegan a long time ago, like Ian, uh, who was actually fighting dinosaurs for plant foods.
1: In the words of Bob Torres, things aren't what they used to be. I don't remember him saying that. Things ain't what, quite what they he use. He always
0: does the old-timey voice. He goes, oh, back when I was vegan. Yes. So wh- who's harder to fight for plant vegetation? Is it a triceratops or the brontosaurus?
1: Um, I think it was the triceratops. I mean... Spiky tail. Uh, that's the ankylosaurus. <laughs> if only I had this kind of help.
5: A health check with a doctor and a dietitian. Um That's before and after the vegan month. Um, they're introduced to a vegan buddy who that's an experienced vegan who supports them throughout the whole month they've got cookery demonstrations and workshops different talks like we've got lots of vegan experts like dietitian sandra hood and alex book from veggie guys all talking about different aspects of veganism and uh, a really important part as well is the food uh, we put on a, a, a really good Lunchtime buffet for people to try and we provide all the recipes we also give people an information pack when they join and a goodie bag when at the end of the month with lots of vegan products that are donated by companies we do have a lot of um, food donated as well by different vegan companies and um, we keep in touch with them during the month with emails and different web links for support, so I, th- I think that's most
0: of it cookery lessons.
1: Oh, absolutely, there was a cookery workshop.
0: Maybe maybe you should go attend some of the Vegan Pledge meetings. I would certainly eat a lot better.
1: Well, I did I did have a word with a woman who ran the cookery workshop. Yeah? Yes.
6: My name's Lizzie and I'm um, showing people how to make some quick and easy dinners. On your sheet, you've got four recipes. Um, we are going to make the chilli now, followed by the spicy chickpea got some lovely um, pots of sausage and bean hot pot over there so you can uh, have a look at those afterwards, (coughs) register sample at lunchtime.
1: I knew you were going to say that so I made absolutely sure that I got a bit of training and I made sure that when it came to making sure somebody grated something I did so and I had a chance to talk to Lizzie at the end about what she was teaching the pledgers
6: people are wanting quick and simple ideas when they get home from work you know they don't want to be actually spending a long time in the kitchen
1: uh, this is sold as a workshop more of a demo
6: a little bit more of a demo obviously when people were planning they were thinking it could be a little bit more hands-on but obviously in half an hour to get um you know 20 people cooking is quite a diff- Difficult, So we um, decided, you know, to just get people involved in the chopping and and things like that instead.
1: That was basically me grating carrot. Yeah. So I got all the training after 20 years of being vegan and
0: not the...
6: That's because you wanted to um, do the carrot.
0: Grating carrots? Never do anything that complicated in the kitchen here.
6: You, you cheeky.
1: Anyway, (laughs) I'm excellent and fantastic cook, but... Um, So what did our pledges get out of all this help?
2: Well, number one, I mean, there's been such beautiful food available, all of which was absolutely gorgeous. There was nothing that I didn't like. Um, So that will help enormously. It's quite clear I'm not going to be at any great hardship from the point of view of food quality. It's also helped seeing that film again. I've seen it before. Making the connection, yeah, Um, and just watching it again in a group.
1: Just
3: because I mean, the food actually tastes. I've got to admit, this is I mean, it can sound awful, but the food tastes really nice. And she's had a good try of quite a few bits and pieces, which was really my intention for bringing her as well, was so that she could try different foods, and I could get an idea of what she likes and what she doesn't like, and then I can
1: buy it at home.
0: Oh, that sounds lovely, especially given that Ian is withholding food from me until
1: this podcast is finished. And let's talk to you further by listening to what people thought of the food on the day.
4: Um, it was delicious, and in particular, the, ch- the chilli was um, really amazing. In fact, I think the grated carrots made it work. This dish taste
6: tastes absolutely wonderful. Uh, I think what makes it worse be- work best is actually the grated carrots.
7: Fantastic. There's a secret ingredient in this, and I think it could be the grated carrot that really <laughs> sets this apart from other chilies I've had. So I think in the future, I will grate carrot into all my chilies to emulate this wonderful, wonderful dish. That grated carrot.
0: Apparently, the grated carrot made it work. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. Do you now accept my cooking brilliance?
0: Especially if you were grating carrots for rabbits, I think that they would be very appreciative. <laughs> you fixing the audience.
1: <laughs> Me fixing the audience? I never fix the audience. Although, okay, uh, contributors perhaps, but never fixing the audience. <laughs> Uh, Those were our dear friends, Josh and Cameron, saying everything I told them, for which I'm very, very grateful. During the month, pledges get support from the vegan buddy. And I asked... Vegan booty. Yes, um, a a vegan Buddy. (laughs) A vegan buddy. For for
0: those of you listening at home uh, who do not understand Ian's strange northern accent. A vegan buddy is uh, actually a vegan buddy, the mentor that helps them throughout the month.
7: One of the, uh, the questions that
2: came up most frequently was the, uh, the subject of eating out at restaurants and um, the idea that it was a lot harder to eat at restaurants uh, as, a, as a vegan than it was as either an omnivore or a vegetarian. And the suggestion was that it was a lot harder to eat out as a vegan than it was as uh, an omnivore or a vegetarian. But having looked at it as a group, we realized that um, a lot of the time it's actually not harder. It's just um, maybe not quite straightforward. That sometimes if you just phone ahead to the restaurant, that um, a lot of places either do have a a vegan option or something that can be readily made to be vegan. And uh, a lot of chain restaurants such as Wagamama, Pizza Express, Giraffe, and even Nando's uh, can cater to, to vegans.
0: So who we just heard there, that's Rob Masters, who composed and performed our theme tune, giving some advice on what to do in restaurant situations.
1: Uh the buddies told me that their mentees often wanted more social than practical help reassurance as much as recipes.
7: Uh one of them was I have leather clothes I have leather shoes um do I need to sort of throw them away to be considered vegan and and what I you know what I said to them is what I think most vegans would say is veganism is a journey and uh you and and it's an ethical journey that relates to to yourself so no one can really answer that question for you if you're comfortable wearing those shoes um, until they wear out and then you replace them, with them then that's fine it's better they're gonna to go to waste anyway so.
1: so the questions you've got were well I have to compromise in this way or is this still veganism
7: that's true, and, and, and it was also about other people, other people questioning them and so on, and, and um, it wasn't so much that they were asking me for help there, but they were just saying... Asking you, know, you for validation? Validation, or they were going to friends' places for dinners, and, and the friends, um, you know, they didn't want to impose on people.
8: Um, one of the most frequent questions that my pledges asked me was how to deal with friends and family, and telling them that they'd gone vegan, and how to deal with sort of family events or... Friends, throwing dinner parties, that sort of thing.
7: Noble aspirations and so on. But you know, you do have to say, Well, it's imposing on the animals, it's imposing on the environment to do do it anything else. And and most people most people if if they're real friends of yours, they'll they'll go out of their way. They know you're doing this for an ethical reason or a or a health reason or whatever you're doing it in particular. Um, and a good friend will support you in that. One of the people who was taking the pledge was concerned that when she went to visit her grandparents back in Portugal that they might
8: be um, unable to provide food for her um, and also that they wouldn't understand. Um, and I told them a bit about my personal experiences, how my family dealt with it and some tips on so how, how, to, how to break. <laughs> well some dealt better than others. Um, I told some of them like well in advance of a visit but I forgot to mention it to my grandmother, um, showed up at her house and said I'm vegan now and she started panicking and saying what can I make you so she made me rice and parsley for dinner and that's how I learned to always tell people well in advance of any sort of dinner party or visiting. Um, one girl was from Italy and she said she didn't think her Italian family would understand veganism um, and she thought they 'd take it as sort of a personal rejection of their food culture, um, so I just said, "My family 's part Italian, and I tried to emphasize to them that it was the food that I was rejecting and not them as people um, and so I made sort of veganized versions of their favorite dishes and fed it to them, and they couldn 't really tell the difference and they were like, "Oh, this is really nice now I want to try more vegan food so it was a really positive experience for my family. As most of my pledges said, for them, it was quite easy going vegan. Um, they had a pretty easy time of finding vegan food in London, but they were more worried about the social implications with their family and friends. So
0: you can hear how important Buddies are in terms of helping the pledgees persevere through both social and practical situations. But looking at the data, how important were Buddies? Well, we found that Buddies' support was predictive of whether or not people decided to stay vegan after the month long pledge with more supportive buddies, leading to uh, more pledgees deciding to stay vegan after a month. And one person in particular saying that they gave up after three weeks because they didn't feel like they had enough support.
1: you got relatives in continental Europe that aren't necessarily vegan friendly. I mean, how do you have an issue there? or?
0: Yeah, I think I, I do. Uh, I don't think that my Portuguese relatives ever really did understand why I was going vegan. And there's a certain amount of dualism in my family so one day they'll say they understand completely and then they admire me and the next day they'll say well you're really missing out on all this delicious food that we made and my mother specifically uh, lamenting that my portuguese grandmother's recipes will not be passed down in the family because i eat all kinds of weird vegan food it's a month later and how
1: do you very quickly how do you think they'll do
0: I think that Anandi was talking a lot about how she was going to miss various things, so I'm not sure if she's going to stick with it. Uh, Whereas Cliff and Brian seemed to have more resolve and had to seem to be more gradual process, so maybe they'll do better. But in the 2011 data, we actually found that uh, vegetarians um, were the most likely to resolve to stay vegan after the pledge, um, and pescatarians as well, but that uh, omnivores uh, only decided to stay vegan after the pledge at around 30%.
1: Let's hear from Mananthi.
3: Fine, fine, not too difficult at all. Um, initial glitch of getting a cheese alternative, which I don't think I've actually found a good cheese alternative. But other than that, no, no real problems.
1: Your daughter wasn't keen on the pizza
3: No, I'm not either. Um, I think the vegan cheese has been a little less than desirable. <laughs> I mean... I haven't tried one yet, which is nice.
1: And what does your other half think of the pledge?
3: Um, Fine. You know, it's It's very much like, well, if that's what you want to try and do, then go ahead.
1: And uh, are you a vegan now?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to to stay as vegan as possible. I've ticked that on, on one of these questionnaires, partly because I know that when I go... When I go to my mum's or when I go to friends and family, I know that they're going to say, vegan and I go, okay, fine, I'm going to make something vegan. And I know at some point there's going to be some sort of where they've stirred one dish and then stirred, used the same spoon to stir something else. And I know there's going to be transfer, so there's going to be some sort of contamination with, with whatever else they've cooked. So as, I think it's vegan as much as possible. I think it's probably what it is. So...
1: I, I won't be going with that. Uh, OK, so vegan cheese, uh, very important to Nati. What about that in the stats?
0: Well, uh, we asked, after one month, people were asked about what they found most challenging um, in the 2009 and 2010 pledges. And this is 52 people who did the follow-up survey. Um, so in order, what people found most challenging, these are what people spontaneously reported, are um, 37 Percent said eating out and convenience was difficult. Missing dairy was at 19%. So that is quite a high percentage. Um, missing other foods, on the other hand, was only about 2% of the survey uh, actually mentioned that they missed any other foods, like uh, meat. Also, only around 2% was feeling any kind of nutritional problems, lack of energy, anything like that. Um, And then frustration with label checking, trace ingredients and difficulty with willpower, tied as things people mentioned, about 15% of people mentioned those. Um, Finding friends, relatives and acquaintances unsupportive was at around uh, 10%.
1: Before we go to Cliff and Brian, I'll just note that we have taped a taste test of different kinds of vegan cheese and we hope to bring that to you in a future episode. Let's see how Cliff and Brian did.
2: During the month since the first meeting of the vegan challenge um it's been mainly a vegan diet but sometimes it just hasn't been possible
4: so it's not i'm not finding it too it's not a challenge it it's uh if you want to it seems to be it's there easy mm-hmm. enough
1: so what was the most difficult bit in the month for each of you in
2: the a- The most difficult part for me was um, eating away from home. So, for example, the seminar that I mentioned, um, and um, that happened on two occasions. Uh, What I was offered was very poor and insubstantial. So what was it? On the first one, it was a plate with just some lettuce leaves and some uh, pepper and a couple of slices of tomato. And a carton of oil to pour over it, so no carbohydrate, no protein, no substance. I was left feeling hungry. So, what did you? I mean, what did you do in those circumstances? Well, on both of them, um, I ate some of the non-vegan food because, um, you know, um, I'm being pragmatic. How was your month? Did the
4: same resort? Well, we're out resort to the either vegetarian or the fish ocean option um as there were nothing else available to eat just at the, the funeral. funeral yeah oh yeah so can't go hungry yes and
1: yeah. uh, i can reach yes and i read. a buffet at a funeral is a yeah had to
4: eat uh the fish because i don't want to eat cheese why fish rather than cheese Uh in the uh, sort of ocean orientated fish or out of the sea, I can cope with, but not um, from an animal by a byproduct if I can help it. Because unless it's
1: necessary, because they're wild until they until they. Yeah, caught.
4: it's the it's the cruelty involved and all that. Um, the whole point of being a vegan is to avoid all that cruelty
2: and what i've loved doing at home is um beginning to prepare food and doing food last night i baked a couple of cakes which i, have, I haven't baked cakes for years so it's uh did you bring new... them no <clears throat> <laughs> so it's a, it's opening all sorts of uh new possibilities up it's like it's uh, not just about eating it goes into every aspect of life and uh I'm enjoying it, I'm finding it very interesting.
1: So looking at the head of the future, do you, like, do you think you're going to keep being vegan? Do you think you're going to be...?
4: Oh, yes. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think it'll become uh, uh, 100%. Um, now that I've had this opportunity to prepare for it, I'm, I'm much better prepared, and uh, I expect to be 100% vegan.
4: Creeping over to 100%.
1: What's interesting is that anti was, in practice, stricter, uh, about cross-contamination, but Cliff and Brian were more likely to self-identify as vegan despite their transgressions and thought that that moved them closer. Now, now we, Diane and I, mirror this in our own approaches to veganism. Well, No? You're shaking your head?
0: Well, I don't think that I would just go ahead and eat cheese or fish if I was hungry. I think that's why it's important to always have a bag with a couple bars. You know, you know I pretty much always have backup food uh, in cases like that. And I'm a very strict economic vegan. I would say that even if I was at a buffet, I wouldn't want to cause demand for any animal products. So insofar as cross-contamination is concerned, I really don't care about cross-contamination, unlike Ian.
1: Yeah, but there have been, I mean, there there, there have been a few times in the past year where, uh, including traveling with your relatives in continental Europe who are less sympathetic, uh, where... Where you've lapsed into, I call it freeganism, where you are not adding to the demand for animal products, but you say, I'm hungry, there's nothing else to eat, that thing will go into the bin if I don't eat it. So I'm not changing the demand at all, therefore I think I'm, therefore I'll eat it. Which is why an early idea for the name for this podcast was Good Vegan, Bad Vegan. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I can think about a couple of times when I've done that one time when I visited my grandmother in Germany and and she can't shop for me and she doesn't know what I eat. There's no point in uh, not eating something that has trace ingredients unless it bothers you personally or disgusts you personally, because it actually doesn't cause any demand. And in terms of practice, makes no difference to animals.
1: There are probably quite a few listeners going, oh, Diana isn't vegan. And uh, not that I wish to take his name in vain, uh, but I would guess that typically say professor Francione wouldn't call you a vegan but i think this is a show uh about i think it's part of the strength of the show that i've got a straightforward cross-contamination is bad avoid processing agents and diana challenges
0: that and we're going to definitely talk more about that in in future episodes because it's not really as straightforward as we could describe in one minute of audio
1: I'm a good vegan, you're a bad vegan. It's very straightforward.
0: Very, very simple. Yes, but I, but I have a better track record of uh, nurturing people. I wouldn't say converting people uh, to become vegan because I think w- when people go out with me, they don't think, gosh, it seems really, really difficult and there are all these strange diglycerides and names on the ends of things that I have to avoid. What people found challenging was quite interesting. Uh, None of these was really predictive of whether or not someone decided to stay vegan, except for finding relatives and friends unsupportive.
1: So really tough if you had unsupportive friends?
0: No, actually, surprisingly, uh, finding your friends, relatives and acquaintances unsupportive was correlated with staying vegan.
1: And for some of the data, we have a one-year follow-up.
0: Yes, for about 24 participants who took part in 2009, there is a year follow-up. And the majority of them stayed vegan, although there is going to be a selection bias there.
1: Six months later, Ananti isn't vegan. She's reduced her dairy consumption. And Cliff is. He says it's like coming home.
0: And last week, we ran into someone you'd interviewed but not included in the show in a vegan restaurant. She's still vegan. You should put her back in.
1: So, thank you, Leslie. So you're a vegetarian at the moment and thinking of being vegan, and this is the pledge?
0: Um, I've been a vegetarian for 27
5: years and in all that time i've always felt that i would prefer to be vegan that it's more compatible with my views on animal welfare and so on um so i've always in the back of my mind felt like a bit of a hypocrite and i think at the time just felt right now when i received the email regarding the pledge i thought i'm going to go for it so here i am
1: So at the start of the program, you promised to say what makes people more likely to go vegan. Uh, Chrissy, who we heard earlier, gave you the data from the pledge questionnaires for the last few years. What helps most?
0: So interestingly, there's no difference in 2009, 2010, but vegetarians are more likely, vegetarians and pescatarians, uh, were more likely to stay vegan in 2011. And in that aspect, there was a better design questionnaire. Buddies help That's not a surprise. People with more supportive mentor buddies in the pledge were more likely to decide to stay vegan and certainly make it through the pledge very interestingly and i'm going to definitely devote a whole blog to this those who had less supportive friends and family were more likely to stay vegan so those who said that those uh, their friends and family were both more hostile and i've got a lot of interesting ideas about why this might be but you're gonna have to read the blog to see that
1: So, vegans thrive in adversity. Well, if your house is a hostile place full of devious backstabbers and no vegan food, you'll want to hear our next show. I'm off to meet three vegans who sit in one of the most hostile houses of them all, the House of Commons. Britain's 2010 general election elected three vegan MPs to Parliament.
0: What does the vegan option mean in politics? What is it like to represent an electorate that largely doesn't share your views on animals? We're collecting suggestions for questions that Ewan will ask them. Comment at theveganoption.org
1: or tweet with the hashtag #veganmps, but do so soon before Monday, October the 17th. The next show will be out on World Vegan Day, November the 1st.
0: Digital media artist Rob Masters, also known as Idiotech, wrote and performed our theme, which you're about to hear full length. The producer is Ian McDonald. I'm Diana Fleischman, who supplied the analysis today and made the tea.
1: Thank you for
9: listening.
0: More at the veganoption.org.
1: The vegan option is copyright Ian McDonald and Diana Fleischmann.